Hi guys, talk racing to me, Naomi Tucker here, episode 55, plenty to get you updated on, not last weekend, I was working last weekend at Pimlico, but the weekend before, I was in Saratoga, wow, so much fun to get over there, I used to do the season there with the Naira crew, I didn't this year, so to be able to, you know, see all my old colleagues and friends was such a treat. And when I say the whole crew was there, of course, I'm talking about Peter Thomas Fornatel, JK. Great to see everyone in person again. And uh, my boyfriend was with me, which is cool too. He uh, can suddenly go to all these really nice meetings now. He went to the Belmont with me and now the Whitney. Of course, shout out to the Maryland bread, Nick's Go, taking the honors there. Well done, Brett Cox, preparing him. And I got to meet Sabrina Moore, his breeder, incredibly humble and hardworking lady so out and out terrific weekend went to Lake George as well look we've been hyping this place up and it never fails so hopefully before the meet's over everyone might get a chance to go there and uh, check it out for yourself as for this week's episode very very special guest who most recently broke her uh, trainer's maiden but she didn't just get her first career victory she did it in a stakes race at Saratoga nonetheless of course I'm talking about Michelle Gian Giulio such a pleasure to have known her from before and also to meet her family so without further ado let's uh, dive into uh, about half an hour worth of chatting and inside with her certainly someone that's very much upcoming in the training ranks Michelle, so glad you're with me today. Let's set the scene. Where are you right now and what have you been doing? Uh, well, today I've been kind of just relaxing. It's been kind of a celebratory weekend. <laughs> so it's the first day I've really just been able to just sit at home. Uh, I, I took the afternoon off. I had somebody come in and feed the horses for me. So I've just been relaxing at home to, for today. It's been a rainy afternoon, so... Just, just catching up on some rest. Because <laughs> where are you based right now? I'm in Saratoga. I live right down the street from Harness Track, so I'm, I'm nice and close. Obviously, the place we all would like to be throughout the summer. I'm so glad that you, you know, took some time out of your day. And good to hear you're celebrating. I was going to say, let's start upside down. Let's chat about where you are now and what you're doing currently. And then we kind of work backwards to know how you got into the horse racing industry and what you did with horses before and you kind of already hinted at it you are celebrating I'm assuming that first ever career win that's still on your mind when you're celebrating yes (laughs) first ever career win uh in a stakes race at Saratoga uh I don't know if anyone has actually done that before I I had a friend look try to uh, look into the stats I haven't heard back from her yet but yeah so um just started on my own as a trainer in New York, uh, came up to Saratoga and, and my only sixth career start wins a stake race off the claim in Saratoga. Just absolutely unbelievable. I still, still, uh, not down from the, from the high yet from the win. It's just amazing. <laughs> as you should be, you should continue celebrating and, and keep, you know, relishing in that achievement because that's a really good question there. Like, I don't know if anyone's done that posted their first career victory in a stakes race and then also at one of the most competitive yeah. meets in the country. We've done it for sure. I don't know if anyone has ever actually done it. I know a woman's never done it, but um, yeah, I'm interested to see the stats on that. 
well, there you go. You're at least the first woman to have done it. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see <laughs> to be continued the first ever trainer to have posted that, you know, to broke their maiden respectively in a stakes race. So tell me a little bit about the horse Seafoam. As you mentioned, you claimed him for 45 grand. Uh, how was he training and how did you prepare him for this? Um, well, I mean, it wasn't really planned to run him back that fast, but he came out of the race so well. And, um, you know, he ran really big that day and, you know, he, he loves Saratoga. This is his fourth win up at Saratoga. Um, and, you know, we looked at the nominees for this race and there was a couple tough ones in there, but, I, uh, the racing office had let me know of, you know, who's actually going to go in during the entries and I saw it was going to come up, you know, four or five horse field. And I spoke with the owners and said, you know, maybe it's worth a shot. He came out of the race really well. It, it's a perfect spot for him. Um, and, and, you know, we took a chance and it, and it worked out great it really worked out great indeed i mean I, I saw an outpour from all your friends and and your connections have you been able to catch up with everyone yeah you know i tried to get through all the text messages that night um and there's so many messages on facebook and twitter and i'm still contacting people just to say thank you i mean there's every day there's still people coming to me about it just congratulating me and it's really really cool like even just going up to the races or even being downtown this this past weekend i've had people i've never seen before come over and shake my hand and say oh you're michelle you know congratulations it's so awesome like it's just amazing to feel recognized um in saratoga at all let alone winning a stake um it's just you know it doesn't really get any better than that (laughs) well i don't believe it does now obviously i don't train so i can't relate to that what that must feel like but i'm so glad to hear that everyone came out to you know, congratulate you on something that isn't easy to do at all, especially as you've just started as yeah. a trainer. This was your sixth career starter. I'm correcting that yes. one, I believe. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you just get going. There's a couple of humps and bumps in the road. And then an achievement like this, perhaps straight away might make you feel like your choice was validated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of my horses have been running really, really well. Every horse that I've ran is at the board. Um, I've had three seconds, the one win, um, and two thirds. So they've been running really well. Um, but this, I mean, this, this is just, you know, icing on the cake. I guess you could say that all the horses have been running so good. I know it was knocking on the door. I was going to get a win soon. Um, but just didn't expect it in this race. You know, it was, I just had a really tough beat, uh, the week before just got caught at the wire. And it's almost like that was meant to be like, it was meant for this race to be my first win. You know, after I won this race, I was like, well, maybe I really wasn't meant to win that race. It was just neat to think how things set up. It's just, it's, it's really awesome. It nearly kind of set up as a fairy tale result, right? Exactly. Yeah, it really, it really did. (laughs) So let's, uh, go back to starting out as a trainer. When did you go out on your own? Um, so I actually got my trainer's license right at the end of 2020 in like December, uh, right after my birthday in November, I think when, you know, you had to renew your license and I said, you know what, I'm going to go get my trainer's license. I knew it was coming. Like I was getting horses. I was, you know, talking about getting horses with, uh, Marshall Graham and I didn't, I just, I didn't want to renew my license as an assistant anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to renew my license as a trainer. I'm going to go for it. Um, and you know, I was I, I was just ready. I was just done being an assistant. Even even though I had I had a couple really good jobs, 
I just didn't want to do it anymore. It's just, I knew my whole life I wanted to be a horse trainer. So from the, from the beginning, from when I came on the racetrack, the goal was to be a horse trainer. And it's not like something that just happens overnight, you know, it's years and years and years of work. And, um, yeah, so Marshall Graham sent me a horse from fairgrounds because you have to have a horse to be able to you have to have a one runner to be able to start claiming you can't just get your license and start claiming horses so i was fortunate enough that he had sent me one back in march and that was my first starter at aqueduct and he had a had a rough trip got stuck and boxed in behind had a ton of horse and came flying in the end and finished third and got claimed and he was currently my only horse i had in training and it was my first starter and they took him. And I was like, I was, I was actually pretty depressed the next day having to clean out the stall and just put everything away. I was like, it's all over, you know, like that's how I felt, you know, but I was like, no, just keep going, you know, we'll, we'll find something. And, you know, I still had, a, I still had an assistant job at the time that I was working for Kelly Breen um, and had, you know, had my trainer's license. So, you know, it was just, he was helping me out with using his tack and, and, you know, lending me a stall and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we got the ball rolling. And then after that one got claimed, I was having, you know, trouble claiming other horses. I was losing shakes. And thankfully, Marshall had sent me one more horse from Oaklawn that he was having trouble with. Wasn't really hitting the board, wasn't running any good. And he said, I'm going to send you this one and take your time with him. You know, he's coming from Oaklawn. He has that the eligible, the, the 30% bonus that they have when they ship from Oaklawn to New York. So, you know, he's like, I really want him to run good. We need to get, we need to get this bonus. So ended up finishing second with him. I sat on him for about two and a half months, almost three months till I ran him and he ran a huge race. Just, I mean, the, the horse that won was uh, a horse for Todd Pletcher, a horse one going away and we were mm-hmm. definitely second. So it was, it was good. It was a good way to start. It was a, you know, he got claimed there as well. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> at least I had two other horses after that, so it wasn't it wasn't so bad. <laughs> wow, I mean that must be very difficult mentally to deal with. That the first horse you have runs for you gets claimed, and then you're able to bring along another horse, spend multiple months working on them, and then they also get claimed out of that race. Uh, how yeah. do you deal with that, and how do you move on without feeling discouraged? I mean, I kind of was a little bit, you know, but uh, you got to think on the positive side, your horses look good. They're in the right spots. That's why people want to claim them. You know, I kind of, I try to look on the trainer's side of it rather than it being personal. Um, Otherwise you're just going to (laughs) drown because I had, who was my next starter that got claimed? Oh, wagon boss um, on opening day. He was, he was another one that got claimed. I had ran, I had ran four horses and three of them had been claimed. The Ugh. first the first three starters wow. I had were all claimed. Yeah. So I try to look at it in in a positive way, you know, that, that you're in you're in the right spots. That's you know, you you're hitting the board, your horses are running really good and you know where you need to be. I don't I don't wanna go and put my horses where they don't belong and just try to go for it and just, just so that I don't lose them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just have to keep the business going, keep looking for horses to claim and you know it's just, it's part of the game. It's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. I, I keep making comparisons with the European system, which is handicap racing. So you can't actually lose the horse, but sometimes you have to run horses in spots that they aren't competitive just to get their rating down so they can win. So that's a whole completely different side of things. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but obviously so, so different mentally as well. Now, one of my questions was, what was it like starting out? 
any also other things aside from you know the, the difficulty with the horses being claimed uh, did you enjoy being your own boss because as you mentioned you got plenty of experience uh, working for other top trainers yeah oh there's no better feeling than being your own boss in my opinion i love it it's um and currently i don't have any employees so it's actually kind of peaceful you don't have to worry about <laughs> who's not showing up you know there's no payroll um i don't have a boss telling me you know breathing down my neck every five seconds asking all these questions and you know it's it's the assistant job is the most difficult job on the racetrack it's extremely stressful all the responsibilities put on your head um doesn't matter what happens it's always your fault regardless I mean, it's not like i worked for trainers that were like really naggy or or mean or anything it's just it's just how the job is mm -hmm. everything is your responsibility and it's exhausting um, you know, now everything still is my responsibility, but it's, it's in my own power. Uh, whatever decisions I make is on me. And, and it's, it's, it's just, it's fantastic. I love waking up in the morning and being able to go and work for myself. I've been wanting to do that for so many years, be able to, to make your own decisions and to see your decisions are working and you're succeeding. It's, there's, there's no better feeling than that. Yeah, I can I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. So how many do you have in your stable at present? I have five. And do you have any, I, I mean, obviously the imminent goal was to get that first win out of the way. And I guess you already ticked off the stakes box as well. So would be the <laughs> next sort of dream to, to win a graded stakes, I guess. Or what, what are you looking forward to in the future? How are you planning to, to move things along? So we're actually, we may run Seafoam on Pennsylvania Derby Day. Um, I forget which name of the stake it is. It's going a mile and a half. We may try to, to, to marathon him. I mean, the way he ran the other day, I think that he can probably do it. Um, and that's a grade three. So that, that may be in our future soon. Um, but I mean, yeah, starting out, that wasn't, you know, wasn't a plan. I didn't have any plans to go and be running in greatest stakes in early, early <laughs> in my career. That just doesn't happen that way. You know, it's mm -hmm. just, a, it really is a dream come true that, it, that, that I may have a horse running in a grade three in a few weeks. Like it's just, it, it, it's mind blowing. <laughs> it's what everyone hopes to achieve throughout their career, right? Yeah, really. I mean, you know, I've known some people that have, even just owners and, and trainers have been running horses up here for 20 something years and never won a stake or, or a race, let alone just a regular race up here. It's, it's so, it's so tough. It's so competitive. It's just, it's amazing that that happened. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the relationship with owner Marshall Graham. You just mentioned that he was able to give you a couple of horses to get started. How, how did that come about and how special is it? to be able to do well and to reward an owner sort of with their confidence in you? Oh, it feels so good because he's been so supportive from the beginning. And I know that he had a lot of confidence in me. So it's great to be able to show it because he's been bringing in partners and, you know, we haven't won anything yet. Yeah. The horse has been running really good, but to, to have this underneath of me, I think I have way more respect. It's not that I didn't have respect from them. They all know I'm working really hard and, you know, horses been running great, but to have that, it's just so rewarding. And I'm so happy I was able to do it for them. It was just, it made it even that much better. But, um, so I met, I've known Marshall since I first came on the racetrack when I was working at parks for Carlos Guerrero. Uh, he has a lot of horses at parks. He, he claims a lot of horses from Oaklawn and Sensen parks and, 
he's done he's you know obviously was leading owner there i don't know how many years in a row i think at least two years in a row he was leading owner there um he always does really well there i mean we had about 25 horses for him when i was at parks there so you know we we've done a lot of racing together and won a lot of races together and um when i came to new york i was working for chad brown at the time and i think he actually owned a part of a horse that was in chad's barn and happened to see me in the paddock one day and called me and he says are you in new york <laughs> i said yeah i'm working for chad brown and ever since then he, we've always just kind of stayed in touch and he he's always known that i wanted to go on my own and i think he really respects the fact that i put a lot of time and waited and and put a lot of time and work into you know to, to be where I am now, it wasn't like I just did it overnight. I really put a lot of work into it. And, um, I think, I think it's just really paying off. And, and I, I think I have a lot more respect from everyone because of how much work I've put into it. Well, let's indeed roll the timeline a little bit further back. Cause you already mentioned a, a couple of trainers that you worked for also had a Joe Sharp and, and Tom Morley uh, on the long list of trainers you gain experience with. Of course, everyone runs their barn differently. And I'm sure yeah. this is a bit of a tricky question. But if you look back on your time with these trainers, what were some of your takeaways and, and perhaps methods that you've made your own? Um, You know, you learn a little bit from everybody and you kind of put your own program together. Um, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has such a different program. The one thing that was really neat when I worked for Joe Sharp um, that we had in common was we started out with the same trainer. His first assistant job was actually with Carlos Guerrero at parks, which was really cool. Cause I think we had such a good connection when it came to just because he, he was not in New York often. I pretty much ran his show up here. He'd come up when we'd run in stakes and stuff like that, you know? So being able to run a barn over the phone is not easy to do as a trainer. So you need to have somebody that, you know, has similar skills, horsemanship skills. So I think we communicated like flawlessly when we, when we, when we worked together, it was just, we talk, we'd only talk over the phone a couple of days a week about the horses. We'd go over breezes and everything, everything just worked smooth with me and him. It was a really good job. Um, and you know, it's hard to like say exactly what I've learned from each trainer, but you know, every trainer did something I didn't like. Every trainer did something that I did like. And you, you, you just pick up little things from everyone as you go through, you know, you see what works for certain horses. You can come up with a, with a pretty good system. Um, you know, it's just it, a lot of things are trial and error. So the more horses you get to work with, the more experience you have, the more things, you know, you know, it's just, it's all on experience being around horses. It's not something that you can just jump into and be good at it. You're really lucky if you are. <laughs> I don't think I know many people that are that good from the start. Uh, there are a couple of yeah. exceptions, but yeah. you know, normally it definitely helps to first gain that experience. And as you mentioned, kind of pick off little things and put the puzzle together of your own program and things that you think are going to be most successful. Now, Going further back uh, through sort of the timeline, back to maybe perhaps to the start a little bit, because I was going through, you know, I was reading up on you and it said, and I think you were quoted once saying that initially you weren't that interested in going into horse racing. You basically started your equestrian experience in a different discipline. I did. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm um, in New Jersey and my, my, my father and my grandfather had thoroughbreds they, they owned and they, they bred New Jersey breads. And my parents just kind of 
you know, we, we'd go to the races, but I wasn't really involved. I, um, we had horses on the farm. We had show horses and I grew up in 4-H and I did uh, New Jersey state shows and moved on. I wanted to do something bigger. I knew, I knew my whole life I wanted to be a horse trainer. I just didn't know exactly what discipline. And I had started in the show world and that's, you know, kind of where I moved with was, you know, continued with the show horses. And I ended up getting a job on the farm when I was about 13, 14 years old. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't getting paid. I was just working to pay my trainer bill. <laughs> so they were helping me train and, you know, I had a little show horse that needed to be broke and, you know, I was breaking horses for them. I was cleaning stalls for them for a while. Then it eventually turned into like a legitimate job. And I worked there for a long time. I was there for about nine years. Um, yeah, I was there a long, long time. You know, we had, we had quarter horses, we had paints, um, we had jumper ponies. I used to break all the jumping ponies and it was, we, we had everything there. We, we did a lot and it was, um, I'm very grateful that I did that because there was so much foundation, so much discipline involved in, in the show world. That is just something that I, it'll always come along with me, especially with riding and, you know, young horses, it really comes in handy with and, um, many different things. So, uh, I was to the point where I wasn't really happy with the show horses anymore. It's a very, very political industry. Um, you know, you go to the shows and I, I, I worked so hard to, to be where I was. And then I come to the shows and, you know, my family didn't have a ton of money and the, the shows are extremely expensive. So you come in and you have these rich kids, they come in and they only get on their horse on show day. Like their trainers are breaking and riding their horses and training them. And I'm like, this just isn't fair. <laughs> so I got to the point where I was like, I want to do something else. I said, I don't really see myself getting anywhere. I was there for so many years and I felt like I was just in the same spot. I wasn't, I wasn't growing. I wasn't starting a business. I wasn't getting anywhere. So I said, you know what, maybe I need to try something else. And, um, Carlos Guerrero is part of my family. I've known him my entire life. He's married to my aunt. So, you know, technically he's my uncle, but I'm married. Um, and I, you know, gave him a call and I said, listen, I want to try something else. Will you give me a job? And, um, he brought me to the training center in Jersey, which is about 25 minutes from parks. And, you know, I started hot walking and I started grooming and then I was riding the pony and he was teaching me to gallop and did everything. And then as, uh, I went from hot walking to grooming eight, <laughs> I was rubbing a lot of horses then. And I, it was the best learning experience of my life. I mean, he taught me so much. I couldn't have learned from a better trainer, just one of the best horsemen that I've ever been around. And um, it was a great place to get started before I went to the racetrack because, you know, the racetrack's kind of a whole different environment from from a farm. So to be able to just learn and have a really good foundation underneath of me and, you know, be an assistant there. And pretty, we had, we had almost 50 horses on the farm at the time. And I was actually... I was shipping horses back and forth for him from parks to, to the farm. We had, we had like 50 horses on the farm and another 30 at parks. So we were constantly rotating horses. So it was just a great experience. Um, um, it was, it was just awesome. It was basically like my, my college <laughs> education there, if I could put that. And then, um, you know, I moved on from parks and came to New York and my first New York job was with Chad Brown, which was awesome that I, I knew a couple of people that actually worked for him and were able to get me a job in there. And that was a, an amazing experience. Um, just jumping up from parks to New York itself was huge, let alone going from a claiming trainer to a multiple grade one winning Breeders' Cup, you know, trainer. It was just like a, it was a dream come true then. I was like, this is amazing. You know, it was it was it was awesome. We worked, I know we had some really, really nice horses there. 
Who who was there when you were there? Who, who have you worked with whilst you were at the Chad Brown stable? Uh, with Cherie, Cherie Neveau. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, I was also wondering about like the horses in terms of like oh. when you were with Chad, like what kind of oh, amazing man. horses were there? We had, I had Louis Bay as a two-year-old. She was there. Um, Stephanie's kitten, Lady Eli, Big Blue Kitten, Slumber oh. was there. Um, God, Catapult, he was one of my favorites. He actually ended up being out of California at one point. Gift Box was there when I was there. Um, man, Wavell Avenue. Who else can I mention? Uh, there were so many. Big Blue Kitten, I, I might have heard it through another article. He was one of my favorites. He was such a cool horse. I've never seen a horse so proud of himself. Like, he was always proud of himself. But after he'd win a race, like, he would strut around the test barn with his <laughs> head in the air, like, just so proud. I'm like, I was, it, he just amazed me when he did that. I'm like, this is, I've never seen a horse that proud of himself. It was just so neat. He was really cool. Yeah, def- horses definitely sense when they've won. It's a confidence booster. Not yeah. not for all of them in the same way, but some really, really enjoy it and, and get better. And now quickly back to when you first started working in horse racing, because when you were describing your, your background in the show industry, that kind of made me reminiscent of my own time. I was a dressage rider before I got into horse racing. So for me, the shock to transfer sort of dressage and show jumping skills to horse racing, you know, it was great, incredible foundation, but also a little bit like day and night, right? Completely different. Was it yeah. kind of a shock to the system for you as well? Going, okay, this is, you know, completely different purpose of what we do with horses and what we train them for. Yeah, it was like, I felt like I knew nothing when I came into the horse racing world. Like I thought, you know, I had worked for so many years. I had been around horses my entire life. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. You know, like whatever it's horses, which I caught on very quickly. But the first few weeks I was there, I'm like, I don't know anything. I didn't know what a breeze was. I didn't know, like, you know, like I came in and the groom was like, did he breeze? I'm like, um, he went fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I didn't know anything. Yes. I, you know, it was just like, it was, it was such a different world. There were yeah. so many different things that they do, you know, legs or everything. And yeah, we mm-hmm. worry about legs in the show world, but it's still just not on anywhere near the level as it is in horse racing. Like now that I'm involved in horse racing, like, I have so much respect for the people on this racetrack compared to the horse world, to the, to the show world, because I really feel like anyone that's been around racehorses and has worked with racehorses, there's no one that knows more about the anatomy of a horse than a vet other than a racehorse trainer, in my opinion. No, I agree with you. I think in terms of the physical demands we make on racehorses, that's just sort of next level sometimes compared to to doing dressage or even some of the other disciplines of course every discipline has their own you know sore points their own things that happen with horses that might you know uh, get them to be sidelined for for a little while but it feels like in horse racing if there's something not right it will start showing straight away and you have to do something about it and yeah thoroughbreds are so tough that sometimes you have to be on the ball to notice it because they might not show you Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a whole nother level, um, as far as soundness and horsemanship in the racing world. It's just, it's funny because when I was involved with the show horses, I'm like, you know, what more am I going to learn? I know everything at that point. I was like, I'm you know, I was young and naive. And now that I, when I, when I came to the racetrack, I was so humbled. I'm like, this is, this is, you know, I was so interested though. All I wanted, I, I learned every day, like even 
a year in when I was with Carlos, they were, and him and my aunt Lisa were, were amazed on how quickly I picked up on everything because I was just, I was so interested. I was just, I, I, I was just like, my brain was like a sponge. I was like, just teach me as much as you can. I want to learn everything. Cause there, I didn't know anything. I just felt like I knew nothing. There was so much that I could learn. It just, it, you know, I, I wanted to, to absorb as much as I could. And it was, it was an, it was amazing to, to experience it and to see how fast I caught on. It was really cool. Like I went from hot walking to grooming to assistant in a year. Wow. That's yeah, it was very, really very, yeah, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And then when you're on the farm, you know, you don't have a vet on call at all times. So you do a lot of your own, your own work there and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was just a huge learning experience. It was a great place to get started. Like I'm glad I started on the farm before I got thrown into the racetrack because I was very gullible. <laughs> I didn't know how people were on the track, you know, stuff like that. So it was a good place to experience it and to, to learn how things are on the racetrack especially as a woman, you know, it's very difficult as a woman on the racetrack. So once I got thrown into parks, I was ready to go. You know, it was like my, my pregame was on the farm. I was, I was I, and once I got turned loose at, at the racetrack, I was, I was, you know, sent in there, re- ready to go. I love the fact that you were saying, I, I didn't know what the breeze was because that reminds me. So I was 18 when I got into horse racing and I had done show jumping, dressage, uh, endurance from age 10 onwards. So I thought I knew about horses too. And then yeah. I went to the British racing school and nobody told me, me and my roommate at the time, that there was such a thing called evening stables. We didn't know that existed. We didn't know that people came back to look after <laughs> horse in the afternoon because yeah. this just sounds so silly, right? Like at home in the Netherlands, you have your horse looked after at the stables. It's very uncommon for you to do things yourself. It's just not really okay. a thing. Like it's a service that's provided and you pay for it. And that's, a, yeah. I think, a bit of a cultural thing as well, like a dressage cultural thing a little bit. Yeah. So I like didn't know the timeline of obviously horsing, <laughs> horses needing. I knew they get fed in the afternoon, but I didn't know they actually come back to do stuff with them like put them yeah. on the walker or so I felt so silly and had such a steep learning curve as well at that time I caught on pretty yeah. quickly too but I I can definitely you know relate to you saying I didn't know the terminology I didn't, didn't know because it, it's a it's you know the horse is the same in a way different yeah. breed of course but everything else seems different. It's like saying that skateboarding and snowboarding is the same thing, and it's not. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. It it really is like that. It's 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 unbelievable on how different it is. It's, but I love it. I was I was so like, you know, once I was involved and I loved it. I knew I knew that this that that this is where I want to be. I knew this is where I was going to train horses. Well, you definitely have made a very very good start to it now. I don't want to keep you for too long because I want you to have some rest and and celebration. But before (laughs) we're going to, you know, finish, finish our fun chat, completely different note. We've got to talk about the fact that we have similar heritage. I got the pleasure of meeting your mama and Oma in Saratoga. Tell me a little bit about like their supporting your career in the horse racing industry and, and obviously them coming, you know, from a different background. Yeah. So, my mom has always loved horses her whole life. Um, and when she married my dad, you know, they bought a farm and, you know, had their own horses and everything. It was a dream of hers for her, her whole life. Um, 
But my my own mom, hey, she's actually terrified of horses. Um, <laughs> like she will not come within like twenty feet of a horse. It's so funny. Like when she did come up to visit the other day, and she walked. You know, we were headed to walk in the barn. It was afternoon, so it was quiet. But she she grabbed onto the wall. She's there's no loose horses here, right? I'm like, oh my. <laughs> No loose horses, I promise. We're okay. And it's like anytime she comes around, which is not often, something crazy always happens. Oh no. <laughs> like it's just it's just bound to happen. Like and it, and it always like you know, scars her for life. But um my family's been so supportive. They're they're so proud, especially my dad, because you know, my dad's a huge horse racing fan. And uh, I actually called him today because I had the blood horse call me a little earlier and I was talking with them for a little while. So I'm going to be in that. And he's just like ecstatic, you know, like this is a dream of his. I know he always wanted to be, you know, involved in horse racing like big time and just didn't really make it as a breeder. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible. And if you're not like completely loaded with money, it literally is impossible. So, <laughs> so, um, he's, he's, he's so proud. Both my parents are so proud. My brother and my sister and my whole family, they're just, you know, they're all, uh, they're all really proud of me. Well, I bet that when the article comes out in Blood Horse, your dad, your dad will be, uh, well, it would say sending you the clippings, but I guess it's all digital now. So it doesn't really apply, does it? <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been saving everything for him though, because he's he's a he loves to collect things like that. Like he he likes any kind of memorabilia for any horse. Like I um, I got him uh, you know the win tickets for American Pharaoh. Got him two dollar win tickets, stuff wow. like that. Like, any kind of any kind of memorabilia that's signed or anything. Like you know they have the Secretariat photos with Ron Turcott signatures. I bought him those. But I have one of those this, too. <laughs> they're all over my parents house like there's just pictures of secretariat everywhere um but you know i've saved him i was in the saratoga special so i saved him one of those i was in the saratoga today um not even for this race i was in there just as starting out as a trainer they had Mm -hmm. me in there so i saved him that you know he's just he's been so so excited and like he he has his cousins coming to visit me later who I've never even met before. I'm like, he's like, you got to give him a tour of the racetrack. I'm like, I don't have a golf cart, number one. And I oh, have no, no. you need a golf cart. <laughs> I have a scooter. I have a, an electric scooter, but it, it, you know, it's a one person kind of thing. I can't give people tours. <laughs> Wait, so hold on. Who's, who's surrounding you in the barns? You need to ask them if you can just borrow the golf cart for like an hour. Know, but like where I'm at at harness track, people are just in and out constantly. So it's not like I can just go and steal a golf cart from somebody for a little while. <laughs> it's just like Bummer. the trainers that come through there, they all have, you know, they either have a barn at main track or they're on Oklahoma. It's usually like overflow that's in mm-hmm. at that, that harness track. So it's like people are just constantly in and out. But it's okay. I'm okay with my little scooter. I don't need a big golf cart. <laughs> yeah, but how are you going to give them a tour? I'm not. I'm, well, you can come to the barn and visit. That's all I'm going to do. I can't. I can't give them a ride all around there. That's okay. I, I don't guess... really have time to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have to give it give a tour in your car. Yeah, maybe I'll do that if I ever clean it. It's a disaster. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure family doesn't care. I hope for yeah, your sake. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. And then another quick question you were saying you're on the um harness track for people not familiar with Saratoga what does that layout look like Um so the main track sits right in the middle um on the one side is the Oklahoma race track and then on the other side is the harness track with all the trotters and it's you know we still train on the main track we have to walk across um Nelson Avenue 
cross over Claire Court, and that's when we get over to the main track. So it's a little bit of a walk to the track, but it's it's a nice little spot, especially we got Claire Court right there. There's a little pony track we can go to if you don't want to go on the big track. It's nice to be close by there. So it's been it's a good summer so far. It's been okay. I love Claire Court. It's so peaceful and quiet. It seems like yeah, horse heaven. There. Yeah, with with the trees walking through it, it really is like heavenly on a beautiful morning. It's just it's a gorgeous view. So what are you? What are your imminent plans in terms of meets? Uh, will you be doing the New York circuit? Yes, I'm really looking forward to to the winter racing this year. I'm hoping you know we can get a couple more horses before we leave here, and then uh, hopefully we can start building up going into the winter. That's really what I've been wanting to do the last few years is start training going into the winter i wasn't really planning on like starting training going into saratoga that's really not anyone's ideal time to get started training because it's such a difficult meet to get started um it's a difficult meet for anyone let alone just getting started as a trainer absolutely i was really you know looking forward to getting started like now a little bit towards the end of saratoga but it just you know it just worked out the way it did um and it's you know it's been wonderful (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to the winter racing. I really enjoy winter racing. It's, you know, a little bit less competitive and really good money. And the New York bread programs are always really great for the winter time. So hopefully I can get a couple more New York breads. I think we have a couple really good solid ones going into the winter, especially with Seafoam. Um, I think he actually broke his maiden at Aqueduct. So I'm, I'm excited to get him over there and see see what we got going on for the winter. <laughs> Well, you definitely, it was like a baptism of fire, but you passed with flying colors, clearly. (laughs) So, Michelle, thank you so much. And obviously, I wish you the best of luck come this winter. If people want to get in touch with you, just any questions or even people might be interested uh, providing you with horses. Are you on social media? Where can they find you? Yeah, I have a Twitter. I have an Instagram. I have a Facebook. So I'm pretty much all over. You can find me anywhere on there. I think all of my accounts are under my, my name. So not difficult to find. Perfect. Yeah, I was about to say what what is your uh, what is your Twitter handle, but I pulled it up here for you. It's uh, Michelle, and then not your full last name, Gian Julio, but Gianji, and then one on Twitter. Yes. For anyone curious, pulled it up here. So if you want to get in touch with her, find her on social media. Again, Michelle, thank you, and best of luck. Thank you, Naomi. Appreciate it. Look, nobody ever said it was easy starting out for yourself as a trainer and of course the highs and lows of racing that we all know so well but what kind of really struck me is how much it meant to her people coming up to her and congratulating her and you know being seen for your hard work and what you do in the industry so for some reason that just kind of made me think that you know do tell people they're doing a good job and and when someone has had success go go up to them and congratulate him because I think we all are very appreciative of supporting each other within the horse racing industry and especially someone that is just starting out like Michelle. But no doubt you'll hear her name plenty of times to come and as she highlighted uh, with the aqueduct meet the winter coming up in New York. That will do it for me for today. But as usual, go to In The Money Media because we have so many shows, so much content, getting published every single day peter thomas Fornell, the entire crew works so so hard and it's absolutely top notch content that will 
allow you to dive deeper within the industry. We'll get you that info that you can't always read about or even pick up when you're at the racetrack yourself. Let us guide you through the industry, the backstretch, and everyone and anything that is involved in this beautiful sport that we all love. So as usual, stay safe and see you next time.